Atlanta on air, the premier Falcons podcast or something like that. I'm Hunter Thompson, <laughs> and I am joined by the one and only Damsky Holloway. You want to introduce yourself, man? What's going on, Atlanta on air? Uh, we're really, really glad to get this thing going. Um, we're just trying to give you guys good content and, you know, give you a good platform to learn some stuff off of. Exactly. So... What's cool about this like podcast thing real fast is it's not going to be just the two of us. So it'll be different people probably every week. We have a nice little collaboration of just content creators for Falcons fans uh, going to be working on this. You'll be hearing me and Adam. You'll be hearing some other guys. And it'll just be kind of all kinds of just Falcons-related stuff. Um, today, we're just going to be kind of hitting on like just what we've done so far this offseason. Which the big thing was uh, obviously Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot. Uh Adam, what are your thoughts on the two of them as our new leaders? I was like, I think from the from the hop, Terry was kind of my guy. I'm pretty sure I posted in our one group that Terry was like my guy. He was just somebody that I thought highly of. You know, he was the director of player personnel, so he was like his table was full about the things that he was doing. So um, it was something that early on that I really really liked. Um, Arthur Smith, I actually didn't quite like at first. I was so sure of just, I, I think Joe Brady was my in-house guy. It's just because I was studying him so much. Um, but then I, I came around to Arthur Smith when we hired him. I got, I got, I was able to study him quite a bit. And um, I like, I like his offense and the simplicity that he plays with and, and just, just the, the run game that he brings because, you know, running backs matter. <laughs> all right that, that was a little jab because you know running backs don't matter but Hunter, what, little, what do you think though what do you think though yeah I, i'm a little bit different than you on it um my guy right off the bat that i wanted was i really wanted brad holmes from the rams yeah, to come be our did, GM. Yeah. that was a guy that i've just him i wanted him or like daniel jeremiah but i think dj just probably doesn't want a job or isn't ready for a job right yet but uh, Brad Holmes was a guy that I really wanted, and he got the Detroit job. And it looks like he's doing a pretty pretty good starting foundation and everything up there. Him and Dan Campbell. Um, they've made some pretty good moves already. So it'll be really interesting to see how him and Fontenot, like their careers, like kind of yeah. compare to each other because they'll always be compared with each other. Yeah, uh, both of them yeah. are taking over like a rebuild you know, roster situation. Yeah. Yes, we're in a rebuild. Sorry, I hate to say that. <laughs> But we're in a rebuild. You dropped the R word. I, I dropped the R word. The R word. <laughs> no, no, nobody wants to go there yet. But I, I guess was gonna I, save I, it we for will. later. We'll go outside the box. We'll go outside the box. We're good with it. I mean, I, I'll like I'll happily talk whatever. But like we're in a rebuild. If if you don't think we are, please tweet at us. Please let us know your opinions and give us something to talk to you about. Because dialogue, man, dialogue. We like, like to hear. If, if you don't think we are, like I would love to hear why and the opinions that you don't think are right with us and vice versa right but um arthur smith was also not my guy i wanted I robert sala <laughs> yep. yeah, and like obviously dan quinn 2.0 is what everybody says but i think sala is everything dan quinn was supposed to be but obviously was not yep. uh, sala's defense was always a lot more adaptable than dan quinn's dan quinn never really had to adapt during his time in seattle because 
best defense in the league and best personnel in the league. But exactly. Sala adapted, or we saw a lot of uh, adaptability this year with him, with what yep. happened in San Francisco with all the injuries. I so agree, that yep. was good. Uh, Sala knows how to delegate, considering he, he's letting Jeff Ulbrick be the DC up there for the Jets and everything yep. for him, which is phenomenal. Um, yep. And he just brings like the CEO motivator type mentality, which would have been very fun after what happened with Quinn. I think it might have not been the best because of how Dan Quinn's tenure went. Yeah. But I do think he still was the best coach on this coaching cycle. He um he gives me super Mike Rabel vibes. I don't know about you, but like oh, he's just he comes yeah. off like as like the super rah rah guy and he's not full of himself, but he's like in the same breath he's like willing to like get into somebody's ear. So he's he's kind of he's He's different than DQ. Like DQ is a rah rah guy, but again, he bet on himself so much, and it was just like, is what it is. I don't really want to indulge on that. On that, those times, I want to look at the future. Just like <laughs> I think the Falcons are looking at the future right now as well. Exactly. So obviously, the big thing right now is free agency and roster turnover and everything. Um, what do you think of how quiet we've been? Or even is there anything that you're that we're doing that you think could be like an under the radar move or like kind of like a reading between the lines type thing? What are your thoughts on it all? I guess just kind of in general. I um like I thought they were going to be quiet. I just didn't think it was going to be this quiet. Um, and of course, Matt Ryan getting the max restructure, well, nearly max restructure, like kind of threw me back, and I was like, okay. Like when he when we did that, I was like, okay, we're we're making the next move, the next move, the next move to free up all this money to to go for it this year because if you max restructure, and then when they didn't, I'm like, okay, so what's really going on? So like that's why when the reports came out that Terry Fondo really thought um, he was like hogtied there, and 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 that was the move he had to make. I kind of didn't take that at face value, but then like corresponding moves now, it's like. Okay, like maybe he really thought that was the only move he could make to um, to to free up the necessary money. And like to me, and I know we've talked about this in Discord so much. Like to me, it just feels like he's not committing to this roster as a full. And like if need be, next year he has no uh, qualms about cutting Matt Ryan or cutting whoever. Um, and eating the cap and then just saving face and, and building it his way. Like, to me, it seems like um, they're really they're, like they're going to build through the draft. They're going to free up the cap and then they're going to they're going to go for it when they seem fit. They're not going to rush this thing. And, I, you know, Terry Fontenot, he's like the whole time, every single presser he's ever been in um, when he's been a part of the Falcons, he's preached and he preached and he preached um to have patience with it. And it's like, I don't know if this fan base is going to have patience because um, you see them right now and they sign Copeland and then they sign Eric, Eric Harris. And they're like, well, this is, this isn't, this isn't Anthony Harris or this isn't, you know, like uh, Carl Lawson. So it's going to be interesting. It's definitely like, like we're definitely obviously there's going to be ne- the next moves because we got to round out the roster. So it's going to be interesting, like how like headliney these moves are going to be. Um, but yeah, that's like that's that's my main thoughts on it. Like I'm just I'm just so 
I, I'm waiting to see like everybody. I'm just patient though. But I gotta, I do want my guy Malik Cooker. Like I like that's the one guy I want. Like just give me Malik and I'll be okay. <laughs> For sure, man. Give me Malik Cooker. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like Malik Cooker is definitely one of those guys that I think we should be making a play for. Um, yeah. I'm not quite sure what kind of money he's going to get. Probably similar to what Neil just got from Dallas. Maybe a little Five less. Five million, you think? Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of similar to what I thought his breakdown. Like, I was talking to uh, – what's his face on Twitter? Either way, I said the breakdown, like, my guess would probably be right around, like, in the four to six range for yeah. Hooker because, you know, starting caliber, free safety and everything. But, yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I have not been a little disappointed – by the Falcons making the moves or lack of moves, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's what we all knew and what we all kind of expected, you know, as Falcons fans, like as soon as we restructured Jake, that was to get us closer to the cap that everybody knew that move was coming. Like yeah. Jake's a, he's, he's a pillar, right? Exactly. He, he Jake's, a, Jake's a, Jake's a pillar player. He's yeah. a, above average left tackle. Very hard to come by in today's NFL. Yep. Which you can argue the whole Penny Sewell and uh, Rashawn Slater argument, which is fine or whatever, like that that's cool, but I don't think that would have done anything for us really in terms of, like an immediate impact. Um, Max restructuring Ryan obviously got us under the cap, yep. and so at that point, like you were saying, like that's when I was like, okay, cool, here comes the Grady Jarrett restructure, the Debo restructure, the. Uh, Signing Calvin Ridley, you know, I thought we were about to gear it up for one more shot, and it really looks like they're not. I mean, like we're just under the cap. We haven't done much with Grady's contract, from what anybody can tell. Yeah. We haven't touched Devos. I don't think we're committing to anybody. I don't think they want to commit to anybody on this roster. It really doesn't maybe. look that way. Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. they committed to Jake, which. He's a left tackle. I mean, yeah. good. You need you him. Kinda have to, it, you have to commit to a good left tackle in today's game. Um, I don't think this is even a commitment to Ryan by any means. No. no. Which I mean, he, he's only got the two years left, right? So, I mean, like, even if you cut, you're taking one year of a of a dead cap. So, it's like. Exactly. It is what it is. And, like, obviously, teams aren't scared of taking that dead cap. We've seen it twice already this year. So, um yeah, I, like I, I don't, I don't think this shows anything about commitment to Matt. I think it's just like it's a move also, that had to be done. Exactly. I don't think there's any commitment to Grady right now either. I know there's rumors floating around from uh, our own Cam Marino, who's been hearing things of that Grady could be the odd guy out. He could be potentially getting moved to clear cap space or get more picks in this draft, and that's the one that a lot of people keep getting a little hung up on is the moving Grady Jarrett, which Grady's a fantastic player. And I know you and me have had this conversation too. Personally, like I think we should just blow up the entire roster as a whole, keep like Terrell, Lindstrom, Matthews, Riley, and Debo, and that's it. Everybody else yeah. can kind of just walk. Maybe yeah. I mean obviously keep some of the cheaper guys too. But realistically I think everybody else could walk. But I know, and Grady included in that, but I know you see it differently with Grady. And you think yeah. Grady, I'll let you explain your thoughts on Grady. I just, I think, like, he, for his age, he's still, a, like, he's obviously, there's Aaron Donald, and then Grady's in the next category, like Buckner and 
I don't know, I guess you could argue Fletcher Cox as well, and so on and so forth. I just think if like if you move Grady Jarrett, like like you're in the hole with your D line, right? And it goes it'll always go back to oh the coverage versus pressure thing. But I like you do like you can't just you can't cover for eight seconds or seven seconds. Like that doesn't you need at least some kind of push. And Grady does a good job of that consistently. Like even though he had a down year last year, like he was still far and away our best like pass rusher, right? Which whatever you like your D tackle shouldn't be your best pass rusher, but it's just the way it is. And like he transitions to this defense. He transitioned. He was, he was already good in the old defense. So it like, to me, it just, it doesn't make sense to move an elite player, a top five player at his position and expect to get equal value for it. Like if you're getting a top 15 pick, what, like you're still like, what are you replacing him with? Right. And like you're, I, I just feel like extending him and bring him into the next regime. I, I like I think in four or five years you're still going to um, benefit from having Grady Jarrett on your roster, and you're I'm like for me I'm hoping that we have the edge guys and a nose tackle, an actual nose tackle, not a small nose tackle, to help him out, right? So it'll be less pressure off him, less double teams, less chips, less you know what I mean, all this stuff to help him out, and he'll be more effective. So right. if we get even even one guy just just to help him out, like, I feel like it'll pay dividends big time. And like in terms of it, like I'd rather pay good players. Grady Jarrett is a good player. I'd rather pay that. You know what you're getting at face value with him, and you're not betting f- from him coming t- from a different team, and you don't know how he is in the locker room. You know exactly who Grady Jarrett is, and he's a leader. He's a captain. Um, you know, his like story is great. He's like he's one of the he's uh, Jesse Tuggle's son. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's like this great story. Like, you want guys like that that want to be in Atlanta, and I know for a fact Grady Jarrett wants. And I'll tell you because I've actually met Grady Jarrett. He does want <laughs> to be in Atlanta. So, <laughs> right. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? I just I'm 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 good with moving players. I, you want to talk moving players? I'm good with moving players. I just think. A guy top five at his position, it's hard for me to justify moving that. And the compensation would have to like you're not gonna automatically hit on his pick, right? Mm-hmm. Like like 49ers traded Buckner and they lucked out with Javon Kinlaw coming in and playing good. So I mean, I don't know. The compensation would have to be great. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I just don't know how you can you know what I mean, balance that right. out. Like, right? Yeah. So you you kind of lumped him in the same category as Buckner. So is that like the type of compensation, the pick, what was it, 21 or 11 or whatever they got? No, it was higher. Buckner. It was like 13. It was 13. Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah. 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 Is top that 15 where, pick, that's, where, that's what okay. I would have to do. Say, yeah. is, is that where it would start or is that what it would take? That would t- If somebody said, okay, if San Fran, like whatever, they're obviously not going to do it again. But if they were like, here's the 12th pick, I'd be like, okay, like you can get an impact player there. And like if you're saying, I don't want to commit to if like if. You, if Dean P sat down and said, you know what, Grady Jarrett's good, but he's not going to fit in what I want to do, mm-hmm. and you can get maximum compensation like a top fifteen pick, by all means do it. But if you're just moving them just to move them, like that, just to, to me it doesn't make sense. And like right. especially in this draft, how many times have we gone over that this isn't like a defensive rich draft, right? So like so you're losing that elite impact player, 
and you're not going to get like you're, you're you weren't going to get one anyways. But in a defense weekend draft, you're gonna you're not you're not going to get somebody that's going to help out, right? Right, for sure. Uh, would you consider it just in the hypothetical sense for pick eighteen from Miami or pick was it twenty three from Jacksonville, like the mid first round as opposed to the early first round? Um. I mean, 18, obviously, is intriguing. It's pretty close. I mean, like, to get, you're getting the same compensation, right? Yeah. And, it, like, it depends. If it's one of those things where, like, you're filling out the draft and, like, obviously, we get closer to the draft, you, like, start hearing who guys like and, and, and so on and so forth, and you're like, you know what? It makes sense. I want to, I want to get a Tevin Jenkins to be my right tackle or, you know, I want to draft player whoever and you're like okay this is his draft range and you really think this guy's a good scheme fit then okay like i mean you you got to think about it right like oh, for that's sure. the biggest thing and it already looks like they're not they're not willing to commit to all of rosters that are all from all of players that came from the old roster so it's like maybe who knows you know maybe he, maybe he gets moved for a second pick we don't know who knows oh for sure for sure yeah. What about so, you? Like, I, like, what what would it take for you to move Grady? I I would probably take a first round, but just just a first rounder. Like, yeah, yeah. Man, I would even consider back into the first. Like, if Buffalo called me up and was like, "Hey, uh, pick thirty for Grady Jarrett," yeah. I, I obviously obviously I would sit here and like take a look at guys that I have graded out in that range. You know, like, okay, cool. Who can we hit on in this range? Is it just one guy that we'd want, or is there a few guys that we'd want? That's kind of where it would come to me. And then it's like, okay, cool. There's like four guys in like this area that we have our eyes set on. Are they going to be able to walk in and be an immediate starter? Because if it's like, if I can't answer yes to that, then obviously it's a no. So like, if I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, cool. I like, I like Tevin Jenkins here. Tevin Jenkins is phenomenal. Yeah. But we don't need him necessarily because of Caleb McGarry. Yeah. Because I'm I'm still a Caleb McGarry believer. I know not everybody in the Falcons. I, I like him too, but Tevin Jenkins was just the first like oh, yeah, he was yeah, the first guy sure. I liked. And I was for sure, like, yeah. I would take Tevin Jenkins over McGarry, probably. Oh, for sure. But if you told me we were trading to pick thirty or trading Grady Jarrett for pick thirty with the intention to pick Trevon Morig. I'm probably saying no. But I was good. It's so funny you say that because, um, like, what if they were like, you know, Trevon Morig's like my Kevin Byard, right? For DMPs. Like, and we know how much um, safeties play like such a, like a huge role for him. Mm-hmm. So what if, I mean, what if they're like, you know, Grady Jarrett, like our, our four ID and our five tech DN isn't as important as our free safety is going to be. And then you know what, Trevon Morgan's that free safety. So it's like, exactly. You know, is it, and then you got to remember, like, how many times have we talked about our second round pick? Such a juicy pick because you can go running back, you can go safety, you can go offensive guard, you can go center, you can go I like. There's, there's so, so much, you so can do there. many, like so many guys that that can be like or edge, even edge, like Aziz might be there, like you know what I mean. So it's like you can go QB there, hypothetically, yeah, if you wanted. Yeah, hypothetically, you could. I mean. 
I don't know, man. It's like when you talk it and you break it down, it's like, okay, th- you know, maybe it makes sense. <laughs> like, I, I obviously don't want to move Grady, but like, I'm much yeah. more inclined to if the compensation's there. Yeah. Um, but we were just talking about guys that are talking about like scheme fit and how it's so important and everything. Who are a couple of guys that you think could be fantastic scheme fits, not named Trey Lance or Kyle Pitts? Because we know that Falcons Twitter is just on one right now about so so we're not coming out firing we're not coming out firing the first one no nah, man this, yeah. is, this is the episode to ease us in i already dropped the r word you know we talked about trading gonna, Brady jarrett we, uh, we just gotta our, be patient with it <laughs> our subs are gonna be terrible already but uh what do you call it um scheme fits okay uh so this is one i was digging into last night i thought um deep last night um I thought, sorry, what's his name? Dalen Hayes. Dalen <laughs> Hayes, uh, man, I was just thinking. Uh, Dalen Hayes was the guy I liked. He was like one of the first edges that I studied. And um, like in the 3-4 defense, he fits that so well. And on stunts, twists, things like that, uh, like he's got raw power. Like to me, it looked like in the senior bowl, he got even more stronger. I don't know how he did that in like span of like five weeks but it looks like his bull rush looked nasty like i feel like everything off the edge like going to the flats covering running backs out of the backfield covering tight ends going to the flats i just feel like he like and we've already by the way we've already met with dalen hayes twice so there's obviously intrigue there and he was a guy early on i was like man dalen hayes really fills out this like harold landry role uh where dean Pease was running him before so um i'm like like Dalen Hayes, like can be had in like the fourth round, and I'm like really liking that value for him, um, just just for the fluidity that he plays in throughout the defense. Um, I really really think that uh, he's a good one. Another guy I liked. Just I'm gonna like I feel like I'm just gonna be naming edges because that was like such <laughs> an intriguing class for me. But Carlo Carlos Basham, like as a five tech four I, like he like I I definitely think like he's got. He doesn't have motor problems. Um, he's got a good inside um, swim. He's got a little bit of cross chop. Uh, it's not consistent, but it's something that he can really refine. Um, I think he'd be a world record right there um, if we get like a good nose tackle next to him. Um, Would you? Okay. Pause, just a pause real fast. So yeah. you say these things about Carlos Basham, right? Yeah. A lot of people could say these similar things for our former second round pick marlon davidson yeah how would you do you think they're two similar players or do you think yeah, they're okay. absolutely um and the is, thing is, there, is, too, is there a way for them both to be incorporated on roster i guess is where i was trying to get to oh absolutely um i mean like people get worked up in that three four but like um our guy aaron freeman was saying like we've been running three four uh looks like for a while so i mean it it can work because grady jarrett will still be working inside Basham can work inside. Marlon Davidson can work inside. Like you have a big front. So you're able to have a lot of maneuverability there. Um, and I th- like to me, like you get guys that can move like that, like big guys that can move and you have guys that go in and out. Um, like they both can play nose tackle and a nickel and like in big dime and big nickel. Uh, both of those guys can, can, can move in and be a problem for like interior in interior alignment. Uh, and then, like I said, you get a guy like Hayes or just, just like, I don't know, I guess Copeland would be that guy right now or Fowler, like working on stunts and twists and 
just loops coming in and, and, and out. I, I really feel like that could be a problem that could really help you out. Um, but yeah, you like you definitely can. Like I like I've been preaching that we're like you're gonna see some big nickel looks, man. You're gonna see three safeties on the field, one in the box, two out, two deep to to cover the the deep third. And I really think they're going to. Um, there's just going to be so much multiple looks and it's going to be so fun. Like I'm actually like when I study Tennessee's defense is really, is really intriguing. I think we're going to really like what we see, even if we don't get the numbers year one, I think you're going to see some coverages and, and just different things um, that, that, that are going to work. Um, oh, for sure. But I, I named two. So, so why don't you give me two and then maybe I, you can do another two and then be done. Sounds good. So, I actually just like popped out a quick little list while we were doing this. So my first one that I'm going to talk about is my boy from UCF, Richie Grant, the safety. My God, dude, we just I, watched I him last night. Just we watched just him last night. Him. I think Richie Grant brings the ability to do so much from the safety position. I think he could be a single high. I think he needs a lot of work to be the true single high, but I think he brings single high ability, rangy, athletic, um, just freak athlete who can you can put back there and move them around with the whole interchangeable safety look that we're going to be using yep. so excited about potentially him we can probably nap him at the start of the second round my second yep. guy is going to be an edge backer type guy similar to your Dalen Hayes I'm going to bring in my boy Hamilcar Rashad Jr. from Yo, Oregon State that's I, a sleeper that's a sleeper he was the sack leader in 2019 but then didn't get a single sack in 2020 which mm-hmm is very strange and I have not been able to find any of his 2020 tape because Pac-12 and all 22 are being strict. It's it's but, like the Great White Buffalo, whoever's got 2020 <laughs> ham car uh tape needs to needs to feed it our way in the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> Bro for real, for real. But he's a super bendy athletic end. Uh well he was an end in college, but at the senior bowl down in Mobile, they were actually using him as a standing back or something, very similar to Dalen Hayes. Uh they were kind of just the two of them were like constantly together. And I think Rashad looks and plays a lot like Harold Landry. So I really yeah. like the idea of That's him a good here. one. That's a good one. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I agree. Right, here's um, a couple more that you got for us. I'm going to go off platform. A guy that I was really talking about at the beginning of draft year and then kind of died. But uh, my boy Aaron Banks, bro, from Pittsburgh. Or uh, not Pittsburgh. Jesus. Uh, Notre Dame. Name? Yeah, why did I say Pittsburgh? Oh, I was looking at Patrick <laughs> Jones. Um, but Aaron Banks, man, like he fit. Like to me, he looks a lot like Roger Saffold. Um, so he can he can be power. He can pull. Um, he's just a mean dude, and he would match like the exact nastiness that Lindstrom and McGarry play with. And I feel like if we're gonna take our lumps on a rebuild, anyways, go through the lumps of a left guard with Aaron Banks, and you know, and reap the benefits later. Like I really think. Um, he could he could be that and be somebody that could solidify, especially if like if we're planning to go with Hennessy and he's smaller, getting a big three hundred and thirty pound six foot five guard like him, I feel like that would just be um, something that would just be great. And then you, and then you got Lindstrom on the other side. I think he's about six four three thirty three twenty. I I feel like I feel like that would be I think something Lindstrom's that would 320. be. Yeah, I think he's about that. So, I mean, you got some meat on that inside next to, like, Hennessy would be, like like both of us have said, if he's going to work, it's going to be in this outside zone stuff that we're going to run. And if we're going to run some power, you're going to need those big guards to move bodies and get uh, Hennessy to the second level, right, to seal blocks on the linebackers. Um, <laughs> another guy, 
Um, another guy that I like that I thought I wasn't going to like and um, I ended up doing, but uh, it was Javon Holland. Like, I had, when I first watched him, I honestly, I wasn't that high on him, but I was actually watching Eric Crocker's breakdown on him. And, um, like, to me, he he reminds me a lot of Grant Delpit that came out. He's not going to wow you with a big hit, but he'll make those shoelace hits, and that's fine. Like, as long as he's making those tackles like that and being consistent at that, to be honest with you, if he's covering deep third consistently and he misses a tackle like down in the box, that's really not going to be something that upsets me. Um, I think Javon Holland, like he's big, six foot one, two hundred pounds. He can play man to man. He can play in the slot. He can play deep third. If all of he's got is these uh, tackling problems in the box, I feel like that's something that you can eventually clean up. Anyways, he's going to gain NFL weight. He's going to be. He'll probably finish around or. Um, 205, 210, 210, something like that. Um, and I, f- I feel like he'd be a really good, like, interchangeable safety with somebody else that we bring in, right? Because, I, like we said, like we're obviously going to bring in another safety to play deep third because that's basically what we're running. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, so two more guys I got. Um, actually, pretty similar to the guys you said, position-wise at least. So you said Aaron Banks. I'm going to raise you one Wyatt Davis. Oh, you're going to go to Ohio State? Yeah, I'm going to go Wyatt Davis. Um, <laughs> if he somehow slides us in the second round, I don't care who else is on the board. That's who we need to be picking. Because it would be hard. It will be hard to pass on him. <laughs> exactly. Like, like you were saying about Banks and Hennessy putting uh, – I mean, obviously, Hennessy's a smaller center. I, I think he'll be a fine center, but he, he's smaller, like, like you said. Mm-hmm. Putting him between Wyatt Davis and Chris Lindstrom, though, is going to be just beautiful. Beautiful Fantastic. for those people that like offensive line play. Yeah. Um, Davis is an absolute mauler. He was a leader of that Ohio State line, and yeah. he's just a big physical guy who has really no weaknesses in his game. Um, I know people are talking about like guards shouldn't go in the first round, but Davis is the only guard that I have a first round grade on. Really? Yeah, that yeah. high. I don't I just don't want to show my bias on him. So I, I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna be quiet. Like I love why. I'll I'll speak on his character though, his off the field stuff. Like he's fantastic. He's one of those guys that you definitely want in your locker room. I think Justin Fields really um really spoke highly of him as well. I think Chris Olave did as well. Um his off the field. He, he's just fantastic, but Anyways, exactly. sorry to interrupt. But no, no, I don't, no, no, I don't no, want to go dude, too dude, much. You're good. Those were my no, you're good. That's actually that's actually good because like Fontenot and Smith have both talked in interviews about how they want high character guys on this that's roster. That's why I like Dalen Hayes, Captain High Character. Yep, I agree with you. I agree with, you. and we've 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 talked about this time and time again. Like high character, Captain, mean, big. That's what they said. Hopefully, they stick to it because I like mean and big. I know you like mean and big. <laughs> exactly. We <laughs> but, said the uh, same thing about uh, Trevon Morick one time in the Discord. We we were just listening. We saw the captain and we're like, "Yep, that's uh, he's about to be a Falcon." Like, yeah, yeah. He's safety. Agree. He's good captain. Yeah, this yep, is checks <laughs> the boxes. But uh, sorry to cut you off there. Oh, no man, you're good. You're good. And then my other guy I'm going to talk about is another safety, uh, Jacoby Stevens from LSU. Oh, shit. Yo, okay, I so. Jacoby. Damn, damn. <laughs> oh, man, oh, oh, hold on. Hold on. You gave me. Okay. I forgot Jacoby Stevens one time. Adam has never let me hear the end of it. 
no. So now we got him on recording saying he forgot about Jacoby Stevens. Damn, man. Come on. <laughs> so Jacoby Yo, Stevens. Yeah, he replied to one of my tweets, too. So I <laughs> <laughs> doesn't see this. <laughs> so Jacoby Stevens is from LSU. He People say he's going to be a linebacker at the next level. Nah, he's going to be... However you planned on using Keanu Neal in this defense, it's probably going to be Jacoby Stevens. It's got um, way more versatility, I think. We way more versatility, as well. though. Like, I, I'm not going to lie and say I want Jacoby Stevens as a single high, but like if, if we like rolled the safeties and he ended up being the single high for a play or two throughout the game, yeah, cool, whatever. It, he's not going to look lost there. That was the, the biggest thing that we said, like, interchangeably, he can do it like he can interchange and be a single high if he had to be. I just wouldn't want him there consistently. Exactly. I think yeah. in the base, he'd probably kick down in like the will backer type role. And then yeah. when we switch to the big nickel, big dime, kick him into the box safety role, M- mark him up on the tight ends, uh, figure out a way to incorporate him in blitzes, just figure out ways to use him because yeah. of his athletic ability and size. Yep. But the way I tight ends are going. I definitely want a guy like him because yeah. we look at some of these other top safeties. None of them are guys that I would feel comfortable putting up against a Kyle Pitts or a OJ Howard or a Kittle or a Kelsey, like all these like top tight ends because Kyle Pitts is no guarantee for us. Yeah. I mean, it, like obviously you and me are on the Trey Lance train. Yep. Neither of us would be upset with Pitts, but if for some reason we don't get Pitts, then we're going to have to deal with them. Then we're going to have to point. deal with them. Because yeah. I think I think Carolina is a very real possibility for him. Yeah. And I don't want to play against Kyle Pitts twice a year with no idea what to do with him. No plan. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, actually, I'm looking at Jacoby Stevens right now. He was actually a five star. So that the member we were saying, like, if you're gonna take a take a flyer on somebody, that's probably the guy. But Jacoby Stevens, I feel like is super underrated by like a lot of people. I don't know how you could watch his tape and be like, yeah, this is a day three guy, but if he goes there, so be it, and we get him in the fifth, and I'm like, that's our I, I starter. Have a, I have a fourth round grade on him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's but I, that's just because be I don't fair. put an emphasis in like his hybridy position. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very good player. I, I just. Yeah, man. You know, was the you know how he you know he was good when we were in the Discord, we were watching him, and I think he was the only safety that we were like, it was like a fireworks show. It was like, ooh. Ah, like, right? It was like exactly, so, yeah. like, everything he was doing was so, it was so formal. It was just so good. He's got good size. He's just, I don't know, man. He's going to be a good pro, I feel like. Like, of the late round guys, I feel like if I was to bet, it would be Jacoby Stevens I'd bet on. I think so, too. Yeah, dude, like you were saying in the Discord thing, I remember we went from like Paris Ford to like Tyrese Gillespie, then to Jacoby Stevens, and we were like, okay, Ford's eh. Some yeah. people liked Ford, some people didn't. Same thing with Gillespie. And then, like, Ford pops, or I mean, Stevens pops on, and we're all like, okay. Yeah. Okay. You've got my attention now. <laughs> now I'm intrigued. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Oh, God. So, yeah. uh, draft is uh, draft soon. Free agency is not really happening. It's, uh, it's going to be an interesting next few weeks. Yep. Who's one guy that? You wish we could sign not named Malik Hooker. <laughs> uh, just to wrap this thing up, just a free agent and a draft pick, like that. If you were GM, you'd be making. Uh, I'm gonna go outside the box because I really, 
I've been pounding like defensive players pretty much on my Twitter all the time. But I'm going to say James Conner. Weird, right? But James Conner, yeah, he fits the outside zone scheme. Like, I feel like if we paired him with like a Gainwell, say, and or a heavy hitter like Ramon J. Stevenson, right? Or somebody okay. like that. I feel like he could I feel like he could do some stuff for us. Um he was one of those guys uh that I just bought right into his story. He came out swinging with Pittsburgh, dealing with some with some injuries now. I heard I haven't watched a lot of Pittsburgh just because I don't like Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I heard they misused him a little bit, um, and the offensive line was not that great last year. So I feel like I feel like he would be like one of those guys like Mike Davis that like is going to get signed for super cheap and be pretty good for us, like you know, like for whatever team that signs him, but pretty good. Um, I think that's a outside the box one, and I, and I actually kind of like that. I would I wouldn't mind that at all. Because running back like matter, you know. I like that one a lot too. I'm gonna be honest though. You said Mike Davis, and that's who I would be going with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mike Davis is like one of those guys who he's just floated around the league for a while and like stepped in and he's done a job, like been a yeah. effective player wherever he's been in whatever role you give him. Like yeah. he stepped in well for McCaffrey this year. Not amazing, yeah. but not he was by no means bad. But I think he would step in and provide a veteran presence in our running back room, which we yeah. sorely need. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, I mean, we've we've been bouncing Mike Davis for a bit, so yeah, I do agree. Oh, for sure. All right, man, yeah. I'm about to wrap this thing up. You got any last words for Falcon Nation, Falcons Twitter, whoever um, is listening? Be patient. Uh, good things come to those who are patient. So let's just just wait and see. And be excited for the draft. That's all I can say. We've got high draft picks. Let's use them. Let's get some good players. Oh, for sure. All right, guys. This was the first episode of Atlanta on Air, ATL on Air. Um, please check it out. Hit us a follow on Twitter. Uh, more episodes will be coming soon. And like we said at the start, it's not going to be just us two. There will be more people floating around. If you did enjoy hearing us, just imagine this is what, what could have been on the podcast that could have been and should have been. But we gave that up for this. So anyway, <laughs> thanks everybody for listening and y'all have a good one. Take care.